0: Welcome to the Ablaze Youth Podcast. Surprisingly, we're gonna I'm giving you guys a Christmas message tonight. And Thanksgiving hasn't even started yet. Uh, if you have a Bible, turn with me to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter two, you don't know everything there is to know. which is why you're here. So Luke chapter two. If you don't have a Bible, there's a bunch of Bibles right here in the screen, uh, Ben over here. Turn with me to Luke chapter two, uh, verse eight. Luke chapter two, verse eight. In the same region there were some shep there there were some shepherds staying out in the flocks and keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord suddenly stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terribly frightened. But an, an but the angel said to them, "Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good news." Of great joy, which will be for all the people. For today in the city of David, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. I feel like Linus right now for some reason. Behold, there is born to you in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there appeared with the angel a multitude. Of heavenly hosts, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among men whom he is pleased. Or you probably even heard it read, And on earth, peace and goodwill toward men. All right, I'm going to pray. Father, right now, we just give ourselves to you. God, I know we just played a game, and, and I know there's a temptation to be rowdy. But, Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just ask for there to be peace among us. God, let us receive what you have for us tonight. God, let us receive all that you have for us tonight. And I'll, I want you guys just repeat after me. Say, Lord, i receive all that you have for me tonight. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right, so what is the reason for the season? Jesus. Jesus, right? Isn't Jesus always the right answer? Well, not not always. You know, if the answer is who's not the way, the truth, and life, then Jesus would not be the answer. Yeah, it's not Jesus. Yeah, Jesus would be the answer in that that aspect. But, you know, whenever Christmas comes around, and I know Thanksgiving hasn't even happened yet, so there's like the temptation. It's like like we're listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving came around by having a Christmas message before Thanksgiving even came around. But really, did you guys already set up your tree? That's awesome. Honestly, if, but it's there, yeah. Nice. That's awesome. All right, so guys, guys, listen. All right, um, so you know, as honestly, as I was driving here, the Lord put this verse uh, on my spirit. You know, the 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 key is is this. You know, first, well. There's a bunch of different keys that, that we can pull out of this verse. But the thing that I, I really want to focus on right now is this. The angel said to him, be not afraid. For behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will be for all the people. All right. So what's he bringing? Joy. Well, joy. What, what was before that? Joy. Yeah, good news. Joy. And what does that good news produce? Joy. And who is it for? Jesus. 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 Uh, yeah. People. All people. There it is, right? I bring good news, and what will that good news produce? Great choice. I said produce weird, I know. And who is it for? All, all so does that include you? Yes. So is this good news for you? Yes. What's the good news? <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> What's the good news? That there's a Savior, right? That we actually have help, right? The good news is that you don't have to stay stuck. The good news is... We're not stuck in, in, in our mess. We're not stuck. We don't have to stay stuck in our sin. We don't have to stay stuck in our mistakes. We don't have to stay stuck in a position where we never hear from the Lord, right? There There's a lot that's involved in this good news. But, you know, I don't know if you've ever been in that position where you're like, I, I feel like it's hard to hear from God. Like, have you ever been in that position where it's like felt like I've been praying, but it seems like he's not answering and it's kind of it seemed opportunistic. Is it just I guess it's just me. Right. OK. Like, have you been in that position where it's like, I, I have a hard time hearing from God. Yeah. Right. Have you ever been in that position where it's like, hey, I'm believing for this thing to happen, but it doesn't seem like it's working out. Have you ever been in that position? Right. Have you been in the position where you're like, hey, um, you know, like I'm dealing with this symptom or this sickness or something like that. But it, it doesn't seem to be going away. And I've been praying. and it, you know, Have you. Ever, yeah. Here's here's the good news. And this is why we celebrate Christmas. This is the good news that can produce great joy, and that's for all the people. That there's, that there's a saving from those things. Right? That, it, that the provision for you to hear and have fellowship with God and to hear His voice, the, pre- the provision has been made available. There's a Savior. Right? Because the reason why it would be hard for us to hear from God is because, one, we haven't had the relationship with God like we should, that God wants us to have, right? Because God wants to talk to you yeah. more than you want to hear from him. Yeah. So why, why does it sometimes feel difficult? Why does it sometimes feel hard? Uh, probably because one of two things. One, we could be, we could be really just struggling and battling with, with sin, and, that, and that's been keeping us from him right? But that praise God, that's why Jesus came, to set us free, so we don't have to deal with that, right? So that, that sin is washed away. But the second reason why it might be hard for us to hear from God is because we don't actually believe God wants to talk to us, right? But what's the evidence that God's not going to withhold those things from us? Jesus, right? The, the Bible says in Romans 8, 32, it says if he didn't even spare his own son, but freely gave him up for us all, how will he not also freely give us all things, right? So all of the things that we need are found in him are found in this very see you recognize now all of a sudden why the angels get so excited do you ever read the Old Testament and you're like irritated with the people right we're like we're like hey God has provided a solution for you all you got to do is trust him and they're like no I'm gonna do my own thing like can you imagine the angels watching the whole thing recognizing that they're that that God's right there wanting to help them and they're messing up their own lives right Like, they're probably really irritated and really frustrated with mankind at this point. But all of a sudden, now, wait a second, something's happening. Something's happening. There's actually... there's a provision that's going to, that's entering it, that just entered into this world that's going to actually save everybody, that's going to give everybody a chance and an opportunity to have full fellowship with God again, and we'll be able to see what things are like uh, back at the garden, right, where they walked and talked with God and had that kind of fellowship with Him. All of a sudden, that provision is here. You wonder why the angels can't keep it to themselves anymore, right? Where they're like, Jesus was just born, we have to talk to some, we have to tell somebody about it. Right, and this is where we hear the gospel for the first time when Jesus was born. Right, the angels like, we got to talk to somebody. Hey, there's some shepherds over there, right? And the shepherds probably think they're getting abducted or something, right? Because they're just in the middle of the flo- uh, of this field in the middle of the night. It's dark, and all of a sudden a big bright light shines, like right right over them. They can they're barely can barely see what's going on they turn around and there's this big dude standing right next to me they're probably thinking we're getting abducted like what the heck is happening right now right waiting for the crop circles to like show up like they're terrified they fall to the ground they're like we're gonna die like what the heck is this that's why the angel had to say don't be afraid right angels have to say that a lot whenever they appear to people right if you were just walking and all of a sudden some big guy just appeared right behind you, you'd probably freak out a little bit yourself, right? You're just walking like down the street, especially in the middle of the night and you turn around, there's a dude there. Mm -hmm. Right? Right? Yeah, right? That that's like the initial response. That's why like pretty much the first thing angels say every time they appear to someone in the Bible is don't be afraid. Right? They kinda have to. Because I honestly personally I think I, I would be a little freaked out if I didn't know it was coming, right? But the angels, like this bright light shines, he says, don't be afraid. I have good news for you, right? They're so excited. I have good news, which will bring great joy, which is for all the people. And then what happens? Then all the other angels just show up. And like the heavens open up and now they're all just singing because they're so excited about this, Right. They're so excited that there's a a provision, that there's a Savior. They get so stinking excited that that they burst out in song, right? Have you ever been so excited that you just start, like, singing a song in your head? Like, like, I'm so happy. I don't know. Like, if you haven't, like, there's a level of excitement that you haven't experienced before where you'll just, like, break out in song. Like, life just becomes a musical, right? But they just get so excited that they start, like, declaring and praising God and saying, glory to God in in the highest and on earth, peace. And goodwill towards men, right? What what are they saying? They they're proclaiming the gospel. They're super stinking excited that they just burst out in this in this praise. Now here, here's the thing. We hear this story pretty much every year. We hear this story every year. Oh yeah, Jesus came. You know he was born in a manger. You know uh, born to the Virgin Mary. You know the donkeys were there. The three wise men came and they they brought him gifts yeah gold frankincense myrrh we like we know the story we've heard it so many times you know and and it kind of just becomes this thing that we hear every christmas right who's the reason for the season well jesus is the reason for the season but then but then most of the time, what we what we get excited about is the 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 Christmas songs. We get excited for the Christmas movies. We get excited for the and I'm not here to like give your like traditional youth pastor Christmas sermon where it's like, hey, we're you know, let's just remember what the real reason is. Like that's not necessarily wh- why I'm, I mean I guess that is basically what I'm saying. But but the reality is this. You know, as we go through this, as we go. We, Sometimes we just need to, like, take a step back and recognize, right? I have freedom from the depression because Jesus came. Uh, Or at at least the provision for freedom is here because Jesus came. The provision for freedom from anxiety is here because Jesus came. I have access to fellowship with God to be able to talk with him and hear from him and gain wisdom from him because Jesus came. I have have access to, to supernatural healing. Because Jesus came. I have access to, to provision for anything that I would ever need because Jesus came. That's good news. Is, is it not? That's good news. That should, that should boil out of us to the point where when praise and worship time comes, we're not just there tapping our foot and waiting for it to be over. You know? Like, this is great news. And if when we fully... Fully receive this good news and, and come to a place where we actually receive it for ourselves. What's it going to produce? What's what the good news of great, not just joy, great joy, right? That's what good news produces out of us if we actually believe it. So the question is, do we actually believe that when Jesus came, he provided all these things? See, mo- moving on into Jesus' life, see, what actually happened on that day when Jesus came to this earth and was born in a manger, right, was born in, in a feeding trough, he became, in that moment, the living manifestation of God's will on this earth, right? Because he said, peace on earth and goodwill toward men, right? So what, that's what the angels were singing, right? What's happening now is God's good will for men, which does, is God's plan and His will for you. Is it bad? Is it ever bad? Is it always good? Absolutely. God doesn't have plans for your calamity, right? For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you a future and a hope, right? So is, what, are God's will, what is God's will for you? It's good. That's the first gospel message that came out of those angels' mouths, right? God's plans and God's will for mankind, it is good. And Jesus is here to prove that. Praise God. God's will for me is good. God's will for you is good. If you're not walking in good, then you're not walking in his will. Are you hearing that? If I'm not walking in good right now, I'm not walking in his will, which means not I should beat myself up. And condemn myself. No, that's not the good news. The good news is not if you're not walking in good, then you need to beat yourself up. No, that's not the good news. The good news is if I recognize that I'm not walking in good, then I have an opportunity to enter into that. And what I've seen in my past doesn't have to be my future if I receive the good news of great joy. That produces great joy. That's for all people. So you're not excluded from it. Amen? You're not excluded from it. So now as Jesus starts growing up and, gain, and begins his ministry, what's he fulfilling? God's good will for men, right? What did Jesus do? He walked around and healed all the sick, right? There was not a single person, even though in the chosen they might like, tell you that sometimes it's God's will for people to be sick. That's not actually what happened. That's not what happened in the Bible. The Bible says all who came to him were healed. That's what the Bible says. All who came to him in faith, they were healed, right? What was Jesus doing? He was fulfilling the will of God, right? Because the Bible says, if you'll turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, that's after James. It's nearer to the back. Or actually, did I say it's after James? It's before James, right? So in Hebrews chapter 1, it starts talking about Jesus and who he is, right? Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3, talking about Jesus, it says this, And He is the radiance of His glory. Speaking of God the Father, right? I just fell off the stage. And the exact representation of His nature. What does that mean? That means Jesus, as everything He did, was He was fulfilling God's will, right? He was the exact representation of His nature. So, when you look in the Old Testament, sometimes like people will read that and be like, God's angry, and God's mean, and he's trying to destroy everybody, and that's what he's doing. Not necessarily. Not, a, not at all, actually. Not even a little bit. Right? See, in, in the Old Testament, a lot of times we, we see the results of man's sin, right? You see the results of men doing their own thing, and th- thing, did things work out for them all the time? Not, not very much, Right? But a lot of times people attribute what they see in the Old Testament when man is reaping the consequences of his own sin. They think that God's mean and God's angry. That's not necessarily what's happening. And so that's why we have Jesus to look at, right? That's why, we, that's why the Bible says in Hebrews that he is the exact representation of the will of God, right? The exact representation. So in the Old Testament, we're, we're not necessarily seeing the fullness of who God is. We're just seeing a, a small part of it. But in the New Testament and through Christ, we're seeing the fullness. We're seeing the exact representation of who God is and who is God. He's a healer, right? He, he's a restorer. He's a redeemer. He's a provider. And not just a provider, like a lavish provider, right? When Jesus fed the 5,000, did did he just give them just enough to get by so that they had just enough for strength to go home? Did, did he? No, right? They were full and then... There was actually 12 basketfuls left over. A bunch of leftovers. What, why do, why do they need leftovers? They don't need leftovers, but he but he but being the exact representation, he gave them more than they even needed. An overflow, right? What about when 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 uh, when Jesus told Peter, "Cast your net on the other side." Did did Peter just get receive just enough for one night's catch just so that he can be satisfied? No. No. They, Two boats were, were practically sinking with the amount of fish that they took in, right? A lot. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. It was a lot, right? And even and even, on the, and even on the other side, after Jesus rose again, right? Peter's like, we're going fishing, right? And they're, they're out fishing. Guess what they did? They caught nothing. But then all of a sudden they hear a voice that says, hey, hey, just cast your net on the other side. Oh, we've heard this once before. Let's try it again. And then they did it. What happened? The exact same thing. And so, through supernatural provision, they recognize that's Jesus, right? They recognize that's Jesus. Right. So, so who is Jesus on this earth? He was completely fulfilling the will of God on this earth. When he died on that cross, what did he die for? So that we can have, so that all of our sin can be washed away and thrown away. And we can actually enter into fellowship with God and talk with Him and hear His voice and be led by Him and, and, and have a fellowship with Him just like a father can have fellowship with his son. That's why Jesus came, right? Jesus came to restore all that was broken. That's good news. That's good news. The question is, do we believe it? How do I know that I believe it? What's it gonna, what, does, what, what, what would it produce in me? If I believe it. Joy. Praise God. I don't have to be anxious anymore. That's good news. I don't have to be poor anymore. That's good news. I don't have to be sick anymore. That's good news. If I believe it. If it's just wishful thinking. Oh, you know, I've heard the story before. You know, I've, I've like, I hear the story every single Christmas. Or every single Easter. You know. We hear it all the time. You know, but but it hasn't really changed much for me. Why, why wouldn't it change much for me? Well, do, do these things happen automatically because Jesus came to the earth and God has a good will for us? No. What, how does it happen? We receive it by faith. I have to believe it by faith. You know, Pastor shared the, the verse this morning in Isaiah, right, where, where God says, behold, I am doing a new thing but then he says will you not be aware of it right just because God wants to do a new thing doesn't mean we're going to walk in it if we don't actually believe it first right when he says are you not will you not be aware of it he's not saying will you not see it naturally and then it just happens no he's saying can you not perceive it with your spirit right can you not perceive it by faith hey, God actually wants to do these things for me. God actually wants to, to do a new thing. God actually wants to produce something good in my life. I have to perceive it by faith first, but I but but I have to hear it first, right? I have to hear the gospel preached, right? Someone has to come to me and say, hey, God has good plans for you. That's why whenever we go through the soul script, what's the first thing that we say to people? Yeah, has anyone ever told you that God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life? And here's the messed up thing: so many people, like in the church world, try to come against that. You can't tell people God wants to have a wonderful plan for your life, for their life, because Peter got crucified on a cross upside down. That doesn't. Did you not read this book, where when Peter first encountered Jesus, a supernatural provision, where where at the hands of Peter the sick were healed, the dead were raised, that Peter's very own shadow. When when he walked by people, they were just supernaturally healed, right? Where Peter uh, f- threw threw a hook into the to the sea and a fish came out and there was money in the fish's mouth, right? Where where uh, Peter was broken out of prison by, by an angel. I mean, that sounds like a wonderful and supernatural life. He was upside down, yeah, because he didn't feel worthy of dying the same way Jesus did. They hung him on a cross upside down, yeah. But people will look at that and say, see, Peter's life was rough and miserable. For being a, a Christian. Yeah, he was, he was crucified. Basically for the same reason Christ was crucified. Well, I mean, he didn't die for our sins. Peter did. But, but here, here's, here's the reality, though. The Bible says, and this is another thing that Jesus came to provide for us, no pain and death. Death, where is your sting? the the pain of death there's a lot of testimonies of people who who were killed for being believers and 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 they'll say like that that they had no now how how did you hear that they said that because they're dead right well uh let let me tell you one testimony there was a guy named polycarp and uh and he was a believer and he was burned at the stake he was burned up and uh yeah it was it was bad but but here's the thing he didn't feel any pain he was just singing through the whole thing until he died and actually in the whole arena because there were people watching the whole arena filled with with a uh, with like uh, the smell of incense and and it was a beautiful smell there's another guy who told him who he was getting ready to be burned as well and his uh his protege his disciple that's the word i was going to say his padawan his uh his disciple did you say padawan too Oh, I thought you said uh, his disciple was like he told the disciple. He's like, I want to I'll, I'll tell you this. If I feel pain, like I'll, I'll keep my hands down. But if I feel no pain, I'll give you a thumbs up like as I'm as it's I'm being burned. Right. And so he and so he he's there. They time him to the pole and they they, they start the fire. And his, as his uh, as as his disciples watching, he, he looks into the fire and he sees two thumbs up. Two, two thumbs up. It's coming out of the fire. Now, did he die? Yes, but he didn't feel pain. He didn't feel any pain. See, that's one of the things that Jesus came to. to I mean, like there's people who died in car accidents that came back, and they said, I didn't even know I was in a car accident, right, Be, because they didn't, they didn't feel the pain. Like they actually said they were coming. They, were they saw it getting ready to take place, and they were actually taken out before the collision even took place, right? So, So these are some pretty interesting testimonies, right? But, but the reality is this, for people to say that, that no, you can't tell people that God has a, a good plan for them because people were persecuted in the Bible, that's, that's pretty bogus, right? You even look at Paul's life and the way Paul talked about his life, right? The man who was whipped and stoned to death, drug out of the city, and then he popped back up and went and kept preaching, right? He, he was the one who said, you know, in all these things, talking about these persecutions, and all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer. That's literally what he said in response to that, right? So in response to these things, in response to these pains, Paul, Paul is the one who said, God's always leading me into triumph, right? Paul didn't take on the, the mentality of life's a struggle. No, he took on a men- mentality of we're overcoming in everything that we face and everything that, that happens, right? That's the mentality that Paul took on. So he didn't, he didn't have this. He had actually a biblical understanding of life in Christ, that I'm a victorious overcomer in Christ. That's who I am. And so that's my life. And, you know, we, we can be here and we can kind of get, like, concerned. Like, like I don't like hearing some of these stories of these things that people faced. Well, bump that. The reality is this. We have good news that's been presented to us. Right? Good news. What's the good news? That I can live a joyful, victorious life in Christ. That I don't have to struggle through life. I don't have to deal with the depression and anxiety that everyone else is dealing with. I don't have to feel uh, discouraged because like, I-, I feel like God's so far away from me. I can enter into that fellowship right here, right now, today. Why? Because one day, over 2,000 years ago, there was a baby born in a manger. And the all of heaven was so stinking excited about it that they had a they had to speak to the nearest person, and then they just burst out in praise and worship in heaven, right? And now, would you say the angels know a thing or two? Yeah. Right, they know a thing or two. They know that what happened on that day was massive. Nothing had ever happened in the history of of creation like it. It was was huge. It was massive. So why do we treat it as just a holiday? Right? This is groundbreaking. It's good news. That's why we call it the gospel, which means good news. Because it's good news. But it can stop becoming good news when we get so used to it that it just becomes another story. Can, can I be real? Sometimes we can get so caught up in fantasy stories, and like, uh, we get, we can get so caught up in 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 you know superhero supernatural stuff. We can get so caught up in all the in all these different things that the supernatural of God becomes really just another story to us. It, are you hearing that? Like we hear stories all the time of like of these supernatural things, you know, powers and, and, and fights between good and evil. And we hear all these stories so much and it becomes so frequent to us that this just becomes another story. Oh, it's like, uh, you know, we can say, I agree that it, this one out of all the other ones is true, but if, we j- if it just becomes another story, it's not, it's not going to produce any joy inside of us because it, really it's just another story to us just another thing that we, that we read on Christmas Day, or, you know, another part of our Advent calendar that we go through. I don't know if people even do that anymore, but like, you know, like we just read through the Christmas story on Christmas Eve, and it's just another story to us, if it, if it doesn't produce joy, and excitement, and actually hope, and faith. Does that make sense? Like, there was actually a a period of time when God told me to stop watching Marvel movies, and, you know, I'm, like, uh, I'm kind of in that again now, but there was a time in the past where I was getting so invested in it. And I didn't know why, but God said I need I want you to stop in like watching superhero stuff and stop investing in all of that. There it was about a year and a half period of time that God told me to stop. And it w- and it was in that it was in that period of time that the Lord began to show me that the reason he wanted me to pull back is because I was getting so invested in that 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 he just became another kind of superhero in my book. In, in my mind, right? You know, we sing the song, Jesus, you're my superhero, right? But but we can get so invested in the super... Like, we are, we are designed for the supernatural, to walk in the supernatural, right? We're designed to walk in the supernatural, but it's only found in Christ, right? It's only found in Christ that tr- the true supernatural where where like pastor's testimony of abby being supernaturally healed her getting a brand new heart that's supernatural and you know but sometimes we can hear testimony like that and be like cool i, I saw it on a movie the other day <laughs> you know like like i saw like you know in star wars where they force healed somebody so you know what what's the difference you know it just becomes another story right do you uh, that, I, I understand, but what I'm saying is if, if, we, if like, we can find ourselves in a place where we receive the supernatural so much just through, through a movie screen that it, 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 it doesn't excite us. As much whenever we're like, well, how come we can be a lot more excited watching a movie? Oh, man, they won. They broke through. Like, we can get so invested in a TV show and get so excited. Yeah, they did it. We're, we're you know, uh, Captain America wields a millionaire, and everyone's, like, so happy and so excited. But then we hear testimony about someone getting healed from cancer, and we're like, oh, yeah, that's awesome. You know, cool. Amen. Hallelujah. Are, are, do, you, do you understand what I'm saying, right? We will weep tears because our favorite character died. I, was, I wasn't going to say that because I don't know if everyone saw the movie. But we, could, we can be so invested and be so mortified. Oh, man, he was like my best friend. But then whenever we think about Jesus dying for us, we're like, oh, yeah, that's, a good, that's good. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But it doesn't actually produce anything inside of us. At, at what point? are we actually applying faith to the reality that this that jesus came to this earth and died for us and at what point is it just another story to us are you hearing me the the reason and and what i want us to do is i want us to actually like step back and, and and examine ourselves and be like god have i just made this another story to me to where i hear testimonies of parkinson's being healed i hear testimonies of of cancers being taken out of people's throats and i'm just like oh that's neat well we actually have to probably take a step back and 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 examine ourselves if we don't actually get excited when god moves we have to take a step back and examine ourselves if we hear the gospel being preached and we're like oh yeah that's uh, you know amen that's a good that's a good 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 sermon buddy right we have to we have to examine ourselves What? Why am I not as excited as I used to be? And, and you know that can be something we 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 need to just ask God. God, why am I not as excited about this as I used to be? Right? Because, like, I'm going to be honest. I grew up in the church. I grew up in the church. I heard the I, like I've heard this this story the story of Jesus come to the earth a million times. Right? Because I grew up in church. I've heard Christmas messages all the time growing up. You know Jesus is the reason for the season. Hallelujah! You know we sing "Oh Holy Night." We, you know we 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 you know we we listen to it all the time. We hear Bible stories all the time. You know Peter walking on water—that's so awesome. Let me try to walk on water. And then we sing. You know, like we we hear these th- these stories all the time, right? I can tell you story after story of awesome things that happen in the Bible. You know, and these are real stories. These are real things that happen. But. And God doesn't want it to just be stories in the Bible. He wants these to be things that you walk out in yourself, right? Did did Jesus not say, or I'll say it this way, didn't Jesus say the very things that I do and greater works than these you'll do? He said that, right? But there's a caveat to that. We have to believe. Did I have a K to the end of believe? I think I did. We have to believe we have to believe now now all the Christmas songs about believing are coming if you just believe like all the Christmas songs are coming right we have to believe we have to actually believe that when Jesus said that he meant it right because was Jesus the living manifestation of the will of God on this earth when Jesus spoke was he speaking out the will of God on this earth So when he said that the works that I do and greater works than these you'll do, was he actually saying this is God's will for you? Absolutely. But do we believe it? That's believable. See, really, all I want you to do in this moment is I want you to actually begin to examine your heart. God, why am I not excited about the fact that I can raise the dead? Why doesn't that produce great joy in me that I that I can recognize that God's leading me into triumph always that the very situation that I've that I that has been trying to produce anxiety in me and has been trying to produce fear in me that that very thing God's already handled it. And if I'm in him, it's already handled and I'm victorious. Why would I worry about it? Man, that's good news that I don't have to worry about because God's leading me to triumph in this. Right. That's good news. You know, so the question is this: Do we believe the good news that's been presented to us over and over and over again, or has it just become another story? I want to believe the good news that God's prov- provided for me. I want to believe the good news, and so and so. Sometimes I just need to put a smile on and and say, you know what, God, uh, I might not be in that position where it's boiling inside of me this 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 beautiful praise, but let me let me let me just at least begin to speak with my mouth. God, thank you. God, I know that this is—I know that this is real, and maybe in my head, I, I can mentally agree that this is real. But I want, but but I need this to produce faith inside of me. Where does faith come? It comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God, right? It comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. So what I ultimately need to do, as we're entering into this Christmas season, is I need to devote myself to hearing and hearing the word of God, right? I need to devote myself that that whenever whenever we we turn to Luke chapter 2 whenever the Christmas story starts coming out i need to i need to step in and be like okay i'm going to hear something that i haven't heard before there's you know what god i'm going to i'm going to believe that as this message is coming up i'm going to put an expectation that you're going to reveal something to me that i haven't known before about this this whole thing right see and like that honestly that's what we need to do anytime someone's preaching the word of god we need to actually like sit down and say okay And this is actually something that John Osteen did really well is he would like have everyone hold up their Bibles and say, all right, everyone repeat after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Right. He would have people like declare. I boldly confess my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. Right. These are the things that he would have people confess. Why was he having people to do this? Having people do that because he was having them put themselves in a position where, God, I'm going to receive something that I haven't seen before. Not, OK, God, we're listening to another message or, you know, not even acknowledging God. Just, OK, we're here at church service. I'm going to listen to something that I probably have already heard before. Oh, yep, I've heard that vo- that verse before. No, I'm going to receive something I've never received before. Right. So, God, I'm putting in expectation that even though I heard the Christmas story a billion, million, trillion times, I'm not going to get familiar with it. Right, because that's the issue: is we've gotten familiar with the gospel. We've gotten familiar with it because we've preached it to people all the time. We, you know, we've, we, we've shared the script with people over and over and over again. Uh, and, and, and here's the reality: like some of the people that are most cold and calloused when we come when we come and present the gospel to them are the people that have already heard it. I don't know I'm saved. I've been I've I've been a Christian longer than you've been alive. Like you know they're they're cold and calloused to the gospel. Why? Because they've gotten familiar with it let let's not get familiar with the gospel amen can we just determine i don't want to be that person you know that that when someone starts talking about jesus i get irritated with him? like what kind of christian is that yeah <laughs> it really is like i love jesus but don't talk to me about him because i know him wait what you should get excited when people start talking to you about jesus not irritated anyway i digress but we don't want to get familiar with this message. Yeah. Oh, I've heard this message. I, I know all there is to know. Yeah, Jesus was born in a manger. You know, I know there was a star and the wise men and the gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And I, I, I've heard the story a billion times already. There's really nothing new that you can tell me about it. We're not talking about trivia. We're talking about supernatural revelation, right? The Word of God is alive and active. You, you know what that means? That means there's always going to be something new to draw out of it. But if we get familiar with it and say, I already know everything, we're not going to get anything new out about it. We'll get familiar with it, and it won't stir any excitement in us anymore. That's the reality of it. But how how about this? God, I'm going to purpose tonight here at 5.38 p.m. on Sunday, November 20th, when it's not even Christmas season yet because Thanksgiving hasn't even happened. God, I'm going to determine tonight that I'm not going to get familiar with the gospel. I'm not going to get familiar with the reality that God himself put on flesh, was born in a barn, put inside a feeding trough, and then overcame the world. All the problems and all the struggles that the world has faced, he overcame it all. All the problems and struggles that I'll ever face, he overcame it all. And Jesus came to this earth to set me free from that bondage of lack, of sickness, of sin, of shame, of guilt, of condemnation, of weariness and heaviness. He came and broke all that off. And so tonight, just close your eyes with me. You know We're, we're going to wrap up early. Father, tonight, I pray, Lord, that this, that this message stirs up something new afresh inside of us. God, let us not get familiar with this message. Let us not get familiar with what you have in store for us. God, you, the God of the universe, the one who said, let there be light, and there was light. The one who created the universe with the span of your hand. Sent your son to die for us. Sent your son so that we can have a relationship with you And God, you even sent him in the most humble of places. He was born in the most humble of places to prove once and for all that our beginning doesn't matter. The, the family that we, that we might be in, and honestly, it's irrelevant. The, the color of our skin, the, the background, the economic place. Like You, you can be born in, in the middle of nowhere on an island with nobody around you. Well, I mean, I guess you need people. Anyway, it doesn't matter where you came from. You can change the world. Jesus came to this earth to become a living manifestation of your will on this earth, God. And what did he do? He brought good news. Good news. And he redeemed all of mankind. And he said to mankind, and, he, and Father, you're saying to us tonight, right here and right now, you're saying to us, I am well pleased with you. Because God, you're not looking at, at us through the lens of our mistakes. And you're not looking to uh, looking at us through the lens of the way other people see us and what other people have said about us. When other people have told us, you're, 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 you're broken, you have issues, you have problems. Well, God, you don't see us that way. Because you sent your son. And when we give ourselves to you, you 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 don't see the broken, busted, disgusted. You see Christ in us. A child and an heir. And that's good news. So Father, right now, I ask in the name of Jesus that you produce and begin stirring up inside of us. And Father... Even right now, we choose to put this on great joy. (laughs) Great joy. (laughs) Thank you, Lord. We begin to stir it out. Great joy. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that this good news produces inside of me. Great joy. (laughs) And it's for all people, and that includes me. So, Father, right now, I ask that you produce and stir up inside of us as we put faith toward it great joy inside of us. Ha, ha, ha. Just say that with me. Ha, 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 ha. Father, we receive that great joy. Say this. Repeat after me. Say, Lord, I receive today the good news. And I receive today great joy because it's for me. It's for me. And so I receive it. And from this day forward, I'll walk in victory. Because I received the good news that Jesus came, was born of a virgin. He rose up and lived a sinless life and He died on a cross. And my sin, my shame, my, my guilt, my sickness, my brokenness, was it all died on the cross with Him. And on the third day, come on, say it like, like you have joy inside of you and you believe it. And on the third day, He rose again to give me life. An abundant life. Abundant life. And I'll receive that life today in the name of Jesus. And I'll receive your joy. Because it is with joy that I draw from the wells of salvation. Ha, 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 ha. Amen. Ha ha ha. Father, we receive, we receive that message. We receive that good news. And Father, we just break up any walls of familiarity that might have been built up. We break that up. We shatter it to pieces. We take a Holy Ghost sledgehammer right into that. And we break up that familiarity. And Father, we put on an expectation that this isn't just another story. But Father, this is the gospel that brings good news to all people. God, we receive it now. We receive it now. If you're here and you're saying, you know what, I'm going to be completely honest, I've kind of grown cold, or at least I've felt stale and my relationship with God, it it has seemed like I've gotten familiar and this hasn't seemed to have produced the joy that I know it ought to be producing in me. I want to invite you to step forward and I'll pray for you. You can step forward right now and I'll pray for you and I'll believe with you and I'll agree with you for something new to start breaking up, That, that the Holy Ghost will begin to stir something fresh inside of you Stirring something fresh inside of you. You know what you can stand right in front of your chairs. <laughs> you know, your chair is a good catcher. So just stand there and just be agreeing. And be believing. God, I believe that the second that the hands are laid on me, that you will begin to break up any any callous, any any anything that had been hindering me from receiving your words with joy and from receiving it with familiarity so father right now in the name of jesus in the name of jesus we declare familiarity broken familiarity with the gospel familiarity with the good news we declare it broken in the name of jesus and we declare in the name of jesus that from this moment forward life and life abundant through Christ is our portion and we receive it now in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name we receive it Angels say he's bringing to us good news. What does that good news produce? And who's it for? All of us. I'm gonna do that one more time. Jesus, Jesus, amen. Right? And when I say, and who's it for? I want you to say, me. All right, yeah, go for it. Right? All right, what did the angels bring? Good news. What does it produce? And who's it for? Me. There we go. Some He received it, right? It's for you. Amen. That good news is for you. <laughs> Amen. Amen. It's for you. It's good news. Good news produces great joy. Have you ever received good news and were like, hey, I want to give you a car? <laughs> what did that produce in you? <laughs> Hallelujah. It produced joy, right? because it's happened to her, right? It produced joy. Man, you don't have to go to hell. Amen. You can spend an eternity with Christ. All provision in, in this life and in the future is available to you. All provision for supernatural strength and healing, it's available to you. That's great. That's a lot better than a car. Let's be real. <laughs> Unending joy is available to you. That's good news. I'd much rather be happy and carless than miserable and have a car. <laughs> but I can have both in Christ. Hallelujah. <laughs> That's even better news, right? It's good news to produce great joy, and it's for you. Do you receive it? Yes. Are, are you going to treat the gospel a little bit differently yes. now? Right? I'm not going to be familiar with it. I'm going to enter in, and I'm going to actually believe the things that the Bible says. I'm not going to let it just be another story. It's going to be life-changing for as I receive it by faith. Amen. Amen. Well, I tolerate you in love. Just to clarify, Miss Lashiga, we, we did a message where the Bible says that we should tolerate one another in love. And so when I say I tolerate them in love, I, I'm being biblical. So just, just want to make sure you know that. So guys, I tolerate you in love. Amen. Amen. And I love you. I, I, tolerate, them. <laughs> I tolerate all of you. All of you equally, I tolerate.